eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season one, episode number 34. A rocky weekend is what we are calling this one. I am Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw Show. The guys are on live from 530 until 10 on 670. The score, of course, your radio home for Cubs baseball. And as always, I am joined by my buddy Crawley. Crawley, how are you this Monday afternoon? I'm doing better than Chris Morrell's batting average, but uh, you can follow me at Crawley's Cubs. You can follow us at Fly the W670 on Instagram and Twitter. Fly the W on Facebook and Fly the W at gmail.com. Now, Crawley, if I if you don't mind, and I'm throwing a little wrench into our plan here. Could I could I throw you a curveball, if you will, and ask you, do you think Morrell's batting average has anything to do with how much they keep moving him around in the infield, the outfield, and in the batting order? Um, it's hard to say, you know, there, there's with, with young guys like that, you know, did they find, you know, uh, something that they were able to use? Is it the fact that he gets less starts? Is it because they're moving him around? I don't know, but if Morrell has any intention of sticking around, it's going to be in that kind of utility role. So if that's not what he can do, that's not good for him. Absolutely right. All right. I just was curious your thought about that. All right. So this is uh, our Wrigley recap. We're going to go over some scores, some information, and just a little bit more, a couple surprises as we go through this. Game one against the Rockies was on Friday afternoon. Marcus Stroman on the bump for the Northsiders, Crowley. Yeah, great game by Marcus, and it was a, it was a well-pitched game. Uh, Erman Marquez was on the other side of it. In the bottom of the first, Zach McKinsey triples. Ian Happ brings him home with a single, and the Cubs are up quickly, one nothing. At the bottom of the fifth, the Zach McKinstry show continues with the solo home run. Cubs take a 2 nothing lead. Top of the sixth. Marcus Stroman still has a no-hitter going. He has the first two runners out, but gives up a home run to Ryan McMahon, and the Cubs trail 2-1. to one. But that's going to be the final Cubs 2, Rockies 1. Stroman goes seven innings, gives up one run, three hits, two walks, and five Ks. Brandon Hughes gets the hold, while Manny Rodriguez the save. Offense had two runs on seven hits, eight left on base, one for six with scoring position. McKinstry, two for four. 
Bodie two for three. For Marquez, uh, Rockies, Marquez did well too. Seven innings pitched, six hits, two runs, two walks, four Ks. Jonathan Daza went two for four, and McMahon had that home run. But uh, a really good start by uh, Stroman. And what was what was that? Two hour eleven minutes. That's how quick. Well, that that's game what went. I wanted to. That's what I wanted to ask you about, Crowley. It's like you're reading my mind. I just went back as we were doing this, checking my notes from my. I recap all the games and keep a running recap that I do on my own as well. And that was one of the notes that I had on there. Two hours and eleven minutes. Now people are complaining about three fifteen, three thirty. I get that. But is two hours and 11 minutes a little quick, especially like on a Friday afternoon? You know, you get that, uh, what do they call it, the businessman lunch green light from the, the wife or the girlfriend. You're hanging out with a couple of guys, knocking back a cold or whatever, having a dog. And all of a sudden, like you're like two and a half beers in and the game's over. I mean, that, that might be a little bit too quick. That that was surprisingly quick. But, uh, you know, I it, it's... Uh... You know, we, I was talking sweep. You were talking winning two at three. But then I started looking at the lineups <laughs> that they were rolling out, and I was like, oh, my God, this is like some 2012-era lineups. I was, I texted one of my buddies. I'm like, are the Cubs going to get no hit here? You know, and I'm looking at the starting lineup, and McKinstry had a great game, but it was McKinstry, Hap, Gomes was your number three hitter. Franmil mm-hmm. Reyes, number four. Bodie, five. Jared Young, who's been a career minor leaguer. Uh, Hermosillo center field Velasquez right I was like oh my god yeah Bodie gets a ton Bodie getting a ton of playing time right now right so I just looked at that lineup and I'm just like oh my that's not a really good lineup so it doesn't doesn't surprise me that the game went as quick as it did and I think Stroman kind of made an effort because I think sometimes and I've talked about this before and you know, that comparison I made with you Darvish about how sometimes they think too much. Sometimes just get the ball, let the catcher put the number down and throw and, and see what happens. Get it, throw and so, it, trust your defense, get it, throw it, trust your defense. Right. Yeah. Just, Absolutely. just let it happen, man. And so I don't know how much that all had to do with it. You know, just, you have two offenses that aren't very, that weren't very good. And then you had two pitchers that were very good and you're going to get a quick game like that. Game number two, Crowley, Saturday afternoon, still at Wrigley Field, of course. Uh, We had a surprise. We had a starting pitcher scratched. It's something you and I have talked about. Hayden Wisniewski was actually the fill-in starter on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, Hayden Wisniewski versus Jose Ureña. We saw Hayden um, when he debuted against San Fran. He had another piggyback start, and this was his first start start, you know, uh, starting the game out. And uh, pitchers duel again. You know, things are looking good. Bottom of the fifth, uh, Cubs strike first with one out. Hap singles. Wisdom flies out. Rivas singles. Hap to third. Rivas gets to second on the throw to third. Uh, Higgins had an infield single. Hap scores easily. The throw goes to first. So they were trying to get Higgins at first, and Rivas went, uh, tried to score. He's thrown out at the plate. The Cubs lead one nothing. It was one of those bang-bang plays. I didn't really have a problem with it, but uh, – Top of the seventh, you know, Hayden Wesniski gives you seven innings. You're 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 a happy happy play, you know happy Cub fan, uh, but unfortunately, CJ Crone doubles. Blackman grounds out. Crone gets to third. Diaz reaches on a fielder's choice, which was a chopper right in front of the plate. It was one of those dying ones that McKinstry's making a diving throwing stab to home. Uh, the ball gets past Higgins, does some crazy stuff, but that's going to tie the game up at seven. Uh, <laughs> Top of the eighth, the return of Adbert Alzali out of the bullpen looks absolutely dominant, strikes out the side. I don't know, Dustin, I'll, I'll ask you this, but, you know, for me personally, the kid hasn't pitched all year. 
He comes into a game. I mean, I'm, I understand he's fresh, but there's also adrenaline and other stuff that are kind of going on in the situation. He comes back out in the ninth. He walks Crone with one out. Blackman triples. The Cubs trail two to one. Elian Diaz singles. The Rockies get out in front three one, and that's going to be the final. Rocks three, Cubs one. But I don't know if I would have gone with Alzali for a second inning of work. Right. I think I'm going to go somewhere in the middle, which isn't always what everybody's looking for. So, first of all, I love that he's back. I love that he struck out the side, obviously. I think I would have brought him back out in the ninth, but after the walk, I would have went and got him. Okay, that's when I would have went and got him out of there. That, that's that's the time. Um, but on the flip side of that, we have Tommy Hadovy on every other week on the Mully and Haw Show, and he said that that is something that they're looking to do, or David Ross echo it. They're looking for bullpen guys that can go two innings. So they're being consistent, and this gets back into – um, development versus winning, winning versus development. Now, on an afternoon like that, the way Hayden Wesniewski pitched his rear end off, you would have liked him to have been in a position, right, in a position to uh, be in that game. But he got the quality start. Um, so quality I, I see it. I see it both ways. Right. Seven quality innings. For yeah. Right. Seven innings pitched, three hits, one run, seven Ks. And like I said, I, I, you know, I don't, I understand the concept of them wanting to do that, and they have done that plenty of times. It's just like I said, for me, it, it you know, maybe later on you kind of try that as you ease this kid back into the season. Like you know, you pitch your first game in right. what? But if we're looking to September. win the game, if the if the object, yes, I agree. If the object was to win that game, though, I think they should have got him out of there after he walked the leadoff bat. The offense for the Cubs, though, I mean, if we really want to put any blame anywhere, it's on the offense who only had one run on nine (laughs) hits, 10 left on base, one for six with runners in scoring position. Alfonso Rivas looked good, two for three, but that's about it. For the Rockies, Urania went six innings, pitched seven hits, one run, two walks, four Ks. Their offense had three runs on five hits. They went one, they left a few men on, four men on base, one for five with runners in scoring position. Uh, Whatever's left of Charlie Blackman's career went one for four with that key triple. And Elian Diaz went one for four, but he had two RBIs. I know we're going to do a deep dive on this in, in three or four weeks when the season's really put to bed. But quickly, he's been getting a ton of playing time, and I'm sure he will the rest of the way. What do you think of an Alfonso Rivas? I mean, that cannot be the Cubs' everyday first baseman in the 2023 season, right? I don't think so. I think I think he, you know, he's a young guy, and you're going to give him a shot, and and. The Cubs are going to have to, you know, are going to be doing a lot of evaluating. So, you know, when you're up here, you, you're going to have your chance and then you see what you can do. But I, I don't I don't see him as being the everyday first baseman. Um, you know, maybe he platoons something. I don't know. You know, it's uh, the question is, is if Patrick Wisdom was 100 percent healthy. He hasn't been the same since he hurt his uh, finger sliding in Milwaukee. Um, you know, would he be getting all this time? I don't know. Or is it more out of necessity? So I would say that uh, right. I don't think it's an everyday probably thing. Probably necessity. Yeah, you're probably you're probably necessity is probably the reason right now. Of course. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And right, then game three, Crawley, Sunday afternoon. Javier Assad and the Rex Specs are out there on the mound for the Cubs. Yeah, Assad versus Ryan Feltner, and I was so confident going into this one, which should have warned me right away. Um, you know, <laughs> Javier Assad has pitched really, really well. But he's been walking too many guys, and you can't get you can't get away with that too long in the big leagues. You can squirm your way out of certain situations, but eventually 
the the free passes are going to come back to haunt you, and that's what happened this game. And, you know, it's one of those games where, you know, sometimes the pitcher will come out and he just doesn't feel it, just doesn't have it. So in the top of the first with one out, Assad proceeds to walk the bases loaded. Brendan Roger grounds out, allowing Jonathan Daza to score. Cubs trail one nothing. Randall Gritchich singles, so Corrin uh, and Blackman score to put the Rocks up 3 nothing. Top of the second, uh, Cotton Eye, Connor Eye, Joe, whatever. Solo home run makes it 4 nothing, uh, And so in the top of the third, the Cubs kind of try to come back here. Miguel, Michael Hermosillo singles. Uh, Christopher Morell walks. McKinstry grounds out. Hat pops up with two outs. Jan Gomes with a clutch single. Cuts the Rocks lead in half to 4-3. to three. Uh, 4 to 2 I'm sorry. And then the bottom of the six, Gomes had a solo home run. So he's doing all the heavy lifting. Cubs trail 4-3, to three, but they don't get any closer Assad, two innings pitch, two hits, four runs, four walks, three Ks. Bullpen pitched seven innings, a shutout ball, gave the offense every opportunity to get back, but they only had one run on six hits, five left on base, one for five with runners in scoring position. It was Jan Gomes, three for four with three RBIs, and David Bodie, two for four. But if you look at that right there, that's, you know, they had six hits. Five of those hits were Gomes and Bodie. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Right. That's just not it's not going to get it done. It's just not enough. And and as you talked about with the early part of this podcast, is that this offense, this lineup, really is a joke right now. Feltner's not even that good of a pitcher. He went five point one six no. hits, three runs, one walk, four Ks. Their offense had four runs on six hits, nine left on base, one for seven with the runners in scoring position. But you know, the, these are the learning pains, learning curves that come with a young pitcher like Assad. And the question is, is what do you do when you don't have your best stuff? And I know I heard, uh, I was listening to Pat and Ron on 670, the score. And, and and Ron saying, you know, Pat asked, you know, what do you take away if you're a young guy? And and Ron was talking about, you know, how did I go to prepare for that game? What did I do right? What did I do wrong? And try to kind of look at it that way. But again, these are, these are hiccups that are going to come with young pitchers. All right, so some of the reasons, Crowley, that the lineup is what it is and what we're talking about is some of the roster issues that they have right now. So quite a few roster moves, transactions, if you will. Let's go through them and give everybody an update. Yeah, as we talked about, Adbert Alzali is activated, also activated, infield Esteban Quinroes, which I like it because I'm actually taller than a major league ball player. So he was activated. Uh, Seiya Suzuki goes on the paternity list. Sean Newcomb and Frank Schwindel DFA'd. And let me just say that, uh, you know, I know, think about trying to be the guy that replaces Anthony Rizzo, you know, the next guy in after Anthony Rizzo leaves. But, you know, everything Schwindel did, you know, it just always looked like he was having fun, whether he was on the field, whether he was going to Murphy's. I got to know Frank Schwindel at Club 400. He became somebody that really embodied what Club 400 is all about. He became uh, friends with a, a, a child that um, who has issues as far as mobility, and he became really close with them. And, it, you know, it's part of the business, man. That's just what it happens. But it doesn't make it easier when you know some of these guys because he truly is a really great guy. So 
you know, best of luck to Frank in the future. Um, additionally, you got Nico Horner. The MRI revealed a mild to moderate stain on the triceps. I, I don't see him coming back. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, Magical's progressing through some agility work. So, you know, these guys, their infields beat up. You know, their they're right fielder's on paternity list. Their catcher has a bad ankle. Third baseman slash first baseman has a bad finger. Uh, you know, we're kind of in a situation here. A couple other ones, Crowley, that we talked about just as we were getting ready to uh, drop this podcast on everybody. Keegan Thompson is going to be activated very soon off the IL, and he will be used out of the bullpen the rest of the way. Ross also saying that Hayden Wesniewski will get another start down the stretch, and he said they are prepping right now to figure out the rotation for these last two and a half weeks, unfortunately, of the season. Of course, something else, Crowley, we've promised everybody from the start is an eye on the minor leagues, and we had the uh, Pelicans and the South Bend team in the uh, postseason the last few days. Yeah, it's been really exciting. Um, the action truly has been down on the farm. Uh, Tennessee starts their playoff run tomorrow. Unfortunately, Myrtle Beach Pelicans were eliminated in two games. They lost to the defending champion Charleston River Dogs, ten to six to end a season. Um, the weird, the weird thing that we talked about with the minor league postseasons is that, like, you can you win. Like, imagine if at the All Star break, whoever was in first got into the playoffs automatically. That's how it works in the minor leagues. So the Myrtle Beach Pelicans were the best team in minor league baseball in the first half of the season. But in the second half, a lot of the guys that made up that Myrtle Beach team moved up to South Bend. And so, you know, it wasn't the same team, but um, we're going to have uh, Sam Wiederhoff on, in, in a, you know, for the next segment, and he's going to kind of break down that season. But, you know, the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, what, a, what, a, what an amazing season and, you know, just so much fun, a couple no-hitters. Absolutely exciting. Sucks to see the season end like that, but, you know, a lot to be proud of. Um, South Bend were split one-to-one with the Cedar Rapid Colonels. They uh, played an elimination game, three, and Daniel Palencia, absolutely dominant. Five innings pitched, zero runs, two hits, eight Ks. Owen Casey, the big Canadian, four RBIs, and South Bend won nine-to-three to win the Midwest Western Division title. So they are facing off against the Eastern Division title, the Lake County Captains, I went to the game last night, and it was absolutely a lot of fun. Unfortunately, the results weren't. They dropped the game one eleven to 8 They got out to an early 5 nothing lead. You had Cole Franklin on the mound, but I don't know. The, you know, the ump I didn't think was that great. Like, County came back to take the lead, and kind of every time the um, every time South Bend came back, Lake County would counter, and they just couldn't come at the end. 11-8, to they had the tying run at home plate. They've had so many walk-off wins, and they had the best home record in the uh, single A, but just didn't happen last night. But I, I truly appreciate everything the guys did. We had a, a lot of fun. We had Max and BK. I went inside, checked them out. They were on marquee. And, uh, you know, it's just it's, it's interesting to see all the different players, and you wonder to yourself how many of these guys are going to make it. You know, we had Porter Hodge, who was on our show, was there. Cole Franklin was on our show, was there. Um, you know, Luke Little pitched last night. You're looking at this outfield of Palencia, Jordan Nwogu, uh, just all these guys that, that just really, uh, you know, I love Pablo Aliendo, who's a, who's a catcher down there. So, you know, and, and Dustin, first row seats next to the dugout for $18, man. I, I mean, I'm sorry. You can't beat that. You can't, you can't beat that, you know. And this yeah, is a championship that, that, game. not much better than that, yeah. 
Right. And John Vincent so came down from Chicago. Yeah. Oh, nice. Did he sing did last night, or was he just there? Yeah, he did the anthem. Oh, yeah, that's so good. He's he's excellent. He is so good at that. Let me ask this. So they're playing again Tuesday, Wednesday this week. How can we check them out? You can go to – right, you can go they, – they have different streaming. So just go Google um, South Bend Cubs, and you can listen to uh, Max and BK, the radio broadcast, which is what I did when I drove up on Friday night when they when they won the division. Um, and, and there's a lot of – M-I-L – minor league baseball, M-I-L-B.com. Uh, you can usually stream through there, so – it's I'm, I'm telling you guys it's it's fun to watch and when you see a guy like Pete Crow Armstrong absolutely like just the, the speed that that guy has is just otherworldly and, and and it's just a fun team they really like each other they all got like the 70s porn stash going right now so just kind of doing silly <laughs> stuff like that but they're an enjoyable team uh that that's to put it one way Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs, and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 